Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Um, I have to apologize. I took a week off because my family and I came down with a pretty uh, gross sinus infection, and I was not able to do anything <laughs> um, all last week. So, um, glad to be back, and uh, hope that this is a wonderful time for you and encouragement um, and hope that this blesses you please excuse my cat's heavy breathing and sneezing in the background Uh, we'll just dive right in with uh, song this week's song is called you are enough Searched high and low, trying to find all of the clues to make you mine. I did all I could. It's a lesson close to follow the law. And I let go 
everything is done you are not for you have overcome and now i'm not hiding i'm no longer striving because deep in my heart i know lord you are enough Sorry about that. I just had a technical difficulty and a string just broke at the end of that song there. So, uh, yeah, the one thing about this podcast is it's pretty rough. <laughs> it's not a lot of edits. It's just come as it is. Um, and that's part of the beauty of it. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. This week's psalm is Psalm 89. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? a God gentle to be feared in the counsel of the holy ones, and awesome above all who are around him. O Lord of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. You rule the raging seas when it or when it waves when its waves rise, you still them. You crush Rahab like a carcass. You scatter your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have found, founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand. High your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are the people who know the festival uh, shout, or the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face, who exult in your name all day, and in your righteousness are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength. By your favor, our horn is exalted, for our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, the Holy One of Israel. Of old you spoke in a vision um, to your godly one and said, I have granted them, or I have granted help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. 
I have found David, my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him, so that my hand shall be established with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. Then enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My steadfast love I will keep for him forever, and my covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his offspring forever, and his throne as the days of the heavens. If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my rules, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgressions with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure forever, his throne as long as the sun before me. Like the moon, it shall be established forever. A faithful witness in the skies, Selah. But now you have cast off the rejected. You are full of wrath against your anointed. You have renounced the covenant with your servant. You have defiled his crown in the dust. You have bleached all his walls, or breached all his walls. You have laid his strongholds in ruins. All who pass by plunder him. He has become the scorn of his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his foes. You have made all his enemies rejoice. You have also turned back the edge of his sword, and you have not made him stand in battle. You have made his splendor in or splendor to cease and cast his throne to the ground. You have cut short the days of his youth. You have covered him with shame. Selah. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is. For what vanity you have created all the children of men. What man can live and never see death? Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Selah. Lord, where is your steadfast love of old? which by your faithfulness you swore to David. Remember, O Lord, how your servants are mocked, and how I bear in my heart the insults of all the many nations, with which your enemies mock, O Lord, with which they mock the footsteps of your anointed. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen.
Father, in this time, as we dig further into John and what he is saying about Jesus, the only one who could um, conquer death and is alive, the everlasting man, the the God-man, the bridge between you and us. <laughs> um, Lord, as we just learn more about who Jesus is, I pray that your words would be the words that are spoken, not mine. Um, use this humble offering to, to reach out and help encourage and strengthen and point people to you. Um, Lord, let your will be done, your kingdom come. In your name, Jesus. All right, so we're getting back into John here. We're talking about the word becoming flesh this week and the eternal man, which is Jesus. So we'll just um, jump right in, starting at verse 14, and we'll cover 14 to 18. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's dive right in. So, the, uh, the first right off the bat is just, this is, this is where we see John saying, Jesus is the God man. He is the eternal man. The word that we've been talking about each week takes residence in humanity as Jesus he is eternal. Um, so let's, let's start with 14. The word became flesh. That means he took up residence, um, as humanity and dwelt with us as Jesus. That's who Jesus is and was. And we have seen his glory, uh, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And this this is saying that he came with the fullness of who God is because he is God. He was speaking 100%. He is 100% truth. He is 100% truth. And this grace is that, that gift of... He is the gift. He is a gift to us um, of favor and um, goodness and just 
God's <laughs> favor. Um, let me scroll up in my notes a little bit because there's a lot of juicy stuff here. I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, so the word in verse 14 becomes a human being and takes up residence with humanity. Um, That only begotten means that he is the unique one and only of his kind. God's spoken word into flesh. Um, God of God. (laughs) Taking up residence with us. Um, And he's full of grace, favor, benefit, credit, and truth. Not just... uh, in that uh, he's not just merely truth as spoken, but truth of idea, reality, sincerity, truth in the moral sphere, straightforwardness, really true, truth itself. Uh, I love what Matthew Henry says here. By his divine presence, Christ always was in the world, but now the fullness of time has was come he was after another manner god manifested in the flesh but observed the beams um wait sorry but observe the beams of his divine glory which darted through this veil of flesh men discover their weaknesses to those most familiar with them but it was not so with Christ. Those most intimate with him saw most of his glory. Although he was in the form of a servant as to outward circumstances, yet in respect of graces, his form was like the Son of God. His divine glory appeared in the holiness of his doctrine and in miracles. He was full of grace, fully acceptable to his Father, therefore qualified to plead for us, and full of truth, fully aware of the things he was to reveal. Um, Yeah, we just, (laughs) here we see that Jesus already existed in the world as the spoken word of God, right? Um, As God right? That's part of God. His word is part of himself. Um, in that Trinitarian viewpoint, which is what we believe, right? God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. Um, so he's always existed with God and it becomes human flesh, skin and bone. He had a body, took up a residence with us. He's the unique son of God. And he was spoken in the beginning remember that voice of creation (laughs) he emanated from the father is a part of the father full of grace meaning he is the gift of life given and he is the favor bestowed on us he gives us his benefit his credit he is full of truth not just spoken but truth itself he really is true
furthermore, you know, in, in verse 14 or 15, we move on John the Baptist, um, talks about this eternalness of Jesus. He's the one who he, he witnesses about Jesus. Like he is above me because he was before me. He was God. He is God. Um, so the historic creeds confess this. This is the Nicene Creed, um, and uh, which is a historic church creed that I affirm, that uh, Christians everywhere affirm, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father, before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. That's what we're claim. That's what John's claiming here. That's what we claim as followers of Jesus, that he is and above all God. And he came as a man to be for us what we could not be. And as we track further, we begin to see this more and more. Um, both John the Baptist and John the Apostle, as well as the historic church, held to this understanding. And we are to hold to this understanding that Jesus is God of God and has existed eternally. He is above all. He is above John the Baptist because he was before John the Baptist, meaning before all of creation as well. He is an extension of the Father. Jesus has existed eternally and is. Life as we have seen comes from him. Uh, life doesn't, like, he wasn't created. He just is. <laughs> uh, let's move on to verse 16 and also the second point, which is, give me one second, scrolling through my notes here, that the eternal man bridges the gap. So Jesus, the eternal man, bridges the gap for us, what we need him to be. Um, let's read verse 16 first, and then we'll dive in. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. This is huge. Uh, his fullness, we receive grace upon grace. That's the fullness of being both man and God. Uh, I, I love it the next part of the creed, actually, which is the same creed, the Nicene Creed, and it's right after that first blurb that we talked about, and it's Jesus in regards to humanity, um, who for us men, uh, for our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate uh, by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man 
and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And what's that? What what that is saying to us is that that's that's what we believe that he has come for. That's what he did in his fullness, his completeness. He was completely and is completely everything for us. He is where we lack. He is full. Uh, we all receive this. <laughs> Everyone has the ability to accept and take this this favor this credit this benefit this this grace that has been given and it's grace that um pours onto itself more grace it's uh on behalf of ourselves it's not something we deserve it's not something that we it's it's a substitute for what we actually deserve um augustine says in his homily on John, John, um, faith itself is a grace. Eternal life too is grace for grace. So what he's saying is that like, first we have the faith that we receive. That's the first grace there. And then eternal life is the next grace to come when all things are put to right and all things are put to rights and God comes back and finally establishes uh, his rule for all eternity which is such a beautiful picture as well Um, so we see that like in the completeness of Jesus as God and man the eternal man right we have all been given the benefit or the credit that is his to give. All we do is say yes to the yes that is already spoken over us. This is what it means to accept him as our Lord and Savior. He has already done what is needed for you and I to be restored and accepted by the Father. Do you believe it? That's the question. That's the crux of the matter. This is the thing we all face. Do we accept his acceptance of us? As he has shown no partiality, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, he's already done it. It's just accepting and following him, surrendering to that. This brings me to the last point in the last two verses here. And that is, The eternal man is our true savior. Let's read verses 17 and 18. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He he has made him known. All right. So let's tackle 17 here. Um, 
what we see is that the law that was provided, the Old Testament Torah, uh, was insufficient. It was incomplete. It didn't save us. Um, I love Augustine says that it was more like a bandage. Um, in his homily, he says this. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came about through Jesus Christ. The law was given through a slave. It made people guilty. An indulgence was given by an emperor. It delivered the guilty. The law was given through Moses. The slave must not claim credit for any more than what was done by him chosen for the great ministry as one faithful in the household but still a slave he can act according to the law he cannot absolve from the guilt of the law so then the law was given through moses grace and truth have come about through jesus christ and what he's saying here is that you know the law leads the way to Jesus, to repentance, to um, what Jesus does and did and continues to do. (laughs) Um, But it's more like a bandage because of the fall of humanity, because we are so broken. Um, And Moses, who was very important in Jewish history and in Christian history, um, was not the most important. Jesus is the most important. He is the better than. He always is. Um, he he also equates this, the law, more to like a bandage. Um, he says this as well. This grace was not in the Old Testament because the law threatened but brought no relief. It gave orders. It did not heal. It manifested frailty. It did not get rid of it. But it was preparing the ground for the doctor who was going to come with grace and truth. As a doctor who wants to cure someone first sends along his slave, that would be in reference to Moses coming with the law to bandage us up, the doctor might find the patient bandaged up. The patient was not in good health, did not want to be healed. Because a lot of times, think about that. Like we tend to think that we're good with just a bandage (laughs) and avoided treatment and was boasting about his health. Like that's the condition we were in, right? We were not in good health. We were bandaged by the law. We boasted about our health because we felt like that was good enough. Um, But Jesus comes to save us from that. That's the amazing part. So Augustine continues. In fact, he says to, to the patient. So Jesus comes and he's the actual doctor in this metaphor, right? And he is the one who says to the patient, us bear it, endure it. He says, do not love the world, have patience, let the fire of self-control cure you. Let your wounds endure the surgeon's knife of persecution. 
you were in a panic. Although tightly bandaged up, this man freed, not tied up. This is what Jesus did. He freed and not tied us up. Drinks what he was giving you. He suffered first to give you some comfort, as though saying, what you are afraid of suffering for your own sake, I am suffering first for your sake. That is grace for you. Amazing grace indeed. Who can worthily sing praises? Um, and what, what he's saying here is that Jesus not only came as the doctor to heal us, but he did it through a way of taking the same medicine that we needed. He bandaged himself up in the law, died with it, died for us in it, and rose again, conquering death and the grave. Um, the law was given to make way for Christ Jesus to come and fully redeem and heal the loss of relationship with the Father. What was broken in Eden is fully corrected and restored in Christ Jesus and is incorruptible in Jesus. He fulfilled the law and delivers us from the law. As the law is a bandage to hold us over until the true doctor, Jesus, can do the work of healing to release us from the bandage of the law. This is what Jesus did and who he is. Moses is more like that slave or that nurse. Jesus is a doctor. <laughs> Jesus has seen the Father because he is from the Father. He is of the Father. Moses didn't see God. Uh, Moses saw God's backside. But Jesus is God of God. This is how he bridges the gap. This is how he becomes our Savior. He comes to heal us. I don't know where you're at. Uh, this is life-giving to me. <laughs> this is understanding this truth and understanding just at the depths that it's really just saying yes to the yes spoken over us in Christ. He has done everything. Um, but whatever you need to do, I just, I just pray that in this time you are able to do it. Receive what Christ has done. Receive Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are enough, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you have become us so that we could be brought back to you. Um, thank you that everything is done, that you are enough that we don't have to strive on our own strength, that we don't have to uh, 
raise ourselves from the grave. But that you did that. And that you will do that again for us. All we do is accept you and believe you and walk in faith, which is a grace that we have. We thank you for that. And we are excited for the grace to come. Lord, we love you and thank you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Receive this blessing. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. And may you fully accept and rest in the understanding of who Jesus is and the fact that he has done everything for you to be spiritually restored. (laughs) Um, Be blessed. Thank you.